0: To the Win Daily podcast for today, September 25th, 2019. I am Scott Engel. I am the king. I am fantasy. And joining me today for the first time, making his long awaited Win Daily debut, it is our own John Legeza, uh, also known as the MLB moving average, the uh, captain of research. Here at WindDailySports.com. John, good to be with you.
1: Well, thanks, Uh, man. I appreciate it. I'm excited to be here.
0: Okay. So uh, today we're going to talk about uh, DraftKings running backs. And uh, also uh, we're going to look at waivers, maybe how much you should bid on FAB on the top guys that are still out there. Uh, Let's start at running back here. Uh, I'll talk about DraftKings prizes. John will be pretty much focused on FanDuel. Uh, the most expensive guy is Christian McCaffrey uh, at 8800 on DraftKings. Uh, somebody has to tell DraftKings that Saquon Barkley should not be 8500 because he's out. Dalvin Cook is at $8,300. He's going against uh, the Chicago Bears. But it seems like he can do it against anybody. And then the other top running back is Austin Eckler at the Miami Dolphins uh, at 8000 Eckler is going to be the chalk. Uh I would say out of these top three running backs, Eckler's probably going to be the one that's the easiest cash game play. I think it's obvious. Dalvin Cook, maybe he'll be low on because he's facing the Bears, but the way he's running the ball, he could do it against anybody. And uh, McCaffrey is maybe more the tournament play out of these three.
1: Yeah, I think think you're on the money there. Listen, Eckler is going to get me a lot of attention because people are magnetized. Towards you know facing the Miami Dolphins, and you know it makes sense. They're uh, 29th in plays allowed against, dead last in rush yards, dead last in rush attempts, and dead last in rushing touchdowns allowed. You know it's 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 hard not to face him. and at that same token, it's hard not to see Eckler having a big game. So you know I'm with your Scott on the high floor, and a definite is a cash play for sure on
0: Eckler. Of those three, who do you prefer in tournaments? I'm probably going to go with Dalvin Cook there.
1: You know, I, listen, I, I, I totally see that because this is a guy who's, you know, he's getting the work. He's been able to excel. They're playing really well. They've been really focused on the ground game. And, I, you know, if there's a guy that could do it against anybody, that would be him. My sneaky chalk is, is McCaffrey. I think he's going to get overlooked. Because people see the rushing stats against for Houston, and you know people are definitely persuaded uh, by that ranking they see on the uh, the daily apps. But I want to bring some focus to how poor Houston has been against running backs who catch the ball. You know we're only three weeks down, and running backs have caught 24 of 28 passes already against them. So that's a lot. Man, we're talking eight balls a game. McCaffrey's certainly a guy that has shown to have that mix in a young quarterback who will be looking for some safety. And, man, I think McCaffrey might be getting overlooked. And I think even at a half-point PPR for FanDuel, uh, there's a tremendous ceiling there, of course.
0: Yeah, McCaffrey's always a safe play. You know, might not be as highly owned. It's a great point. I think Cook's going to be even lower owned because of the fact he's going against the Bears. So that's why I, I like the to G- GPP. Todd Gurley, uh, 7,000 on DraftKings, going against Tampa Bay. Probably has a shot to get in the end zone maybe at least once here. Uh, I do might be a little bit more widely over this week because of who the opposition is. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay just has perception that they don't play good defense. Period. I like David Johnson a little bit better against Seattle at sixty-eight hundred. Uh, you know, the Seahawks had a lot of trouble tackling Alvin Kamara this week. I think that's going to be a high-scoring game that are going to stack on both sides with it. And you got you got Mark Ingram at sixty-eight hundred, coming off a three-touchdown game. Uh I'd probably like David Johnson, the best of those three, but Gurley might be the wide
1: most of the wide Leo. Yeah, I'm I'm a hard pass on on Gurley. You know, especially for something like DFS where it's a now or never situation. Every week is do or die, and we get to reset those lineups again next week. I, I want a little more assurance, especially at the price. Uh, I'm not crazy about the, the, the splitting work. He's lost goal line carries. And I'd really like to bring up something that you mentioned, Scott. It's really important to me. And it's the idea of people kind of chasing narratives that I'm not sure they necessarily hold up all the time. Uh, Tampa Bay is the best example of this. The defense is playing pretty well. And especially against the rush, this is, you know, top six team in rush yards, uh, number 13 in rush attempts, and top 10 in rush t- rushing touchdowns against. So that's pretty solid across the board. They're. Suppressing the run game, and I don't see them as an easy target anymore. I think that's last year's news. You know, they've made a couple changes in the coaching department, and I think it's starting to show. Um, to push forward, Ingram listen, Ingram for me is every week. The guy's a total beast. A lot of people had their question marks whether or not Baltimore would be able to sustain running from a running back perspective while also balancing what we thought we were going to get from Lamar on the ground. I think they've shown that. Cleveland really is just a middling team uh, against the run. So there's definitely potential there. You know, you mentioned one more. Oh, my favorite. I saved him for last. My favorite here is David Johnson. I know Seattle has kind of lived up to that defensive uh, reputation that they have. They're top five in plays against, rush yards against, and rushing attempts against but they, those have been really pass-heavy, high-scoring games. Give me David Johnson and him being the focal point of that offense. He is dominating snaps. He's dominating touches. And I think Kyler has shown some, some growth every week. So if I had to choose in that tier, for me, it's an absolute definite DJ. I got 6,800 on FanDuel. Yeah,
0: and uh, I think with Tampa Bay, it's kind of like, I don't think they're that good. I think the defensive line is pretty good, but people so easily throwing them that they're not rolling up a lot of passing yards. Uh, Nick Chubb is 6,400 against Baltimore. You know, Baltimore hasn't been great on defense, but I don't think Chubb has a lot of upside this week. Derrick Henry's getting it done against everybody. He's a touchdown a game so far. So he's a pretty good cash game play. Uh, But I I like uh, Marlon Mack a lot for 6,100 against the Raiders. Uh, Leonard Fournette uh, going against Denver. He really hasn't shown us enough yet. And Chris Carson, uh, 5,700, dealing with some fumbling problems. But – you know, it might be low. Oh, it could become an interesting play, especially if Rashad Penny sits out again, but if he puts the ball on the ground one more time, look, Pete Carroll has more patience than Bill Belichick. Three fumbles, you would have been benched already. Absolutely. Pete, Carroll, Pete Carroll gives a longer leash than that, but once more on the ground, and you're going to see more of CJ Proceis or or Rashad Penny if he's able to come back. Uh, he's going to be a contrarian play. I would probably say those I just mentioned, Marlon Mack's probably my favorite, but uh, Carson
1: is going to be low-owned. Yeah, I think I, maybe you were looking at my notes, Scotty. Um, let us let me go back to Chubb because he's really he's a personal favorite of mine. I love him coming out of college. And, you know, we've seen this guy just got fed work last week. Baltimore's defense, you see the the defensive numbers against the runner there. But, again, they're putting up so many points. Teams have been chasing. Yeah. So I think it might be a little early to start. You know, chasing, like I said, these superficial numbers, their third uh, rush yards, and their second uh, rush attempts allowed, top 10 rushing touchdowns. So that's something that, you know, you might be afraid of, but I I don't think that's precisely the defensive team that they are. So Chubb is in play for 7,300 for sure. Um, To those guys that were a little lower priced, who do we have where you took me? Oh, right. Uh, Derek Henry. I like, I like, I I like, I like like Marlon.
0: Yeah, yeah. I like Marlon I Mack Derrick, and Derrick.
1: Exactly what you said. I love what he does, but see Marlon Mack for 300 extra because I, I don't think that you could pass on him. Again, if I could point to the passing stats, uh, Oakland has been very poor at defending running backs in the past game, 22 catches of only 27 attempts of 160 yards. So average that out over three games, and we're looking at seven grabs from a guy who's also the focal point of the run game and getting goal line work. So Mac is probably my top value of the whole week. Even though he's not necessarily cheap, I do think he has a chance to finish as a top five overall for the weekend. All right, and uh, going down some other lower rank running back,
0: Sony Michelle. Like him to get in the end zone as a consistent finisher there. Good cash game play at fifty five hundred. I don't think we've seen the best game yet from Kerry and Johnson. I love him at fifty four hundred. One of my top value plays of the week. Uh, David Montgomery got started to get more carries. In the second half last week, people were giving him the CJ Spiller treatment. Oh, when is that guy gonna get more carries? But yeah. uh, I don't know if I like him against Minnesota. Uh, what does Philip Lindsay have to do to pr- 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 prove himself? Uh, you know, another good game last week. I like him in seasonal, maybe less in DFS this week. Uh, Josh Jacobs could have an okay game, but I don't, I don't see him in daily. I'm totally off Devonta Freeman. I think of all the backs that I just mentioned in that reign. Kerryon Johnson's my
1: favorite. Yeah, you know, why? a lot of these guys at this price level, they kind of come with warts and, you know, share a little bit of my personal strategy. Again, like I said, for DFS being a one and done kind of game, I really need, ins- in, you know, insurance that those guys are going to get the load. So all those guys that you mentioned, I, I'm really not a fan of the one that does stick out if we're talking about usage is on Johnson. So my, you know, my, my note in bold letters for him is that the usage is there, but the production is not. So against the chiefs, man, Detroit has two ways of playing this. I think while the game is still close, they'll be looking to keep Mahomes off the field. That's good for carry on. I think if the chiefs pull ahead, they're going to be working the passing game and carry on see balls there too. You know, the chiefs haven't been great defending passes against running backs in their own right. So there's a. There's a good chance for him to break out. I'll always take usage, you know, when trying to coin flip those guys. I'm not crazy about the other guys you mentioned, Scott. I could really pass on all of them. I'm just not crazy about him. Montgomery, like, where is this guy? I really want to see something first, you know.
0: Uh, Wayne Goldman's going to be a very popular play. Forty-six hundred on yes. DraftKings, going against the Washington Redskins. Uh, but I don't see him anything special as a running back necessarily. So I'm probably going to be off of him. Uh, I might want to go Chris Thompson in the same game at 4,500 because he seems to be the most busy running back. Uh, you know, and then looking at some other potential bargains. If you, if we uh, if we scroll down, you know, if Devin Singletary's able to play, he's only 4,200, but I don't like him a whole lot against the New England Patriots. If Rashad Penny is able to play, uh, he's only 4,200, and he could start to cut the workload of Chris Carson. You know, this they spent a high draft pick on him. And, you know, Carson has a tendency to get it banged up, but getting banged up is now not the problem. It's the injury. So he'll be interesting if he's able to
1: go. Well, I I, I love Carson this weekend. Absolutely love him. I love him for what he can do. And I love him for the price at 7000 on FanDuel. But he is really going to be – let's call it situation-dependent for me That going into this weekend. If Penny is playing, he's active, and even if he gets a practice in between now and then, I'm off Carson at the price because if I'm paying up for 7 I'm just not interested in somebody that I, I have to guess – whether or not he's going to get that load there for the extra $300 I'm locking in Marlon Mack for $500 less. I'm locking in Kerryon Johnson in either of those circumstances. I'm going to get probably 20 touches as a minimum. So I'm going to take those all day. I'd like to just get to go. I mean, real quick, Scott, you know, I, I really – it's funny because I agree with every single thing you said, and then I kind of have to disagree just in that the price is so low for the potential touches there. And, yes, he hasn't wowed us. But I think Daniel Jones's ability really opens up a little bit for Gorman because you have to watch those legs on D.J. And he'll most likely be spied the majority of that game. So if he ends up rolling either right or left, Gorman breaking to that opposite side really could open up the screen game for them in a big way. Washington's been pretty good defending the pass against running backs. But, you know, at 5,800, there's really a lot of room there, you know, for him to not have a great game and still pay value on the price.
0: You're listening to the wind daily podcast with Scott, the King angle and John Ligeza. Uh And, you know, we're talking running backs and DFS, Darrell Williams, if Damian Williams doesn't play again, only 4,700, but he's a piece of split workload kind of guy.
1: Well, give me anybody in that chiefs backfield. That I think is going to dominate touches, you know. For me, that's just that's the a, that's, that's a thing. thing. I don't
0: I don't think anybody's going to dominate touches, and McCoy's probably going to be goal line back.
1: Yeah, well, he's banged up also. So again, you know, it's tough to go with running backs, especially value on you know a day like today when there's still time for these situations to develop. Right now, given the murkiness of the situation, again, I know I'm a broken record. I like. To know, I want to know what I'm getting out of these guys. So if I had to choose right now for a lineup lock, I'm probably off the Chiefs right now. I can be very, very easily persuaded, depending on the injury reports.
0: Now, uh, John, tell the listeners about your DFS experience
1: and success in the past. Yeah, well, you know, for me, uh, if anybody follows along, you know, uh, my work is very vivid. You know, I'm very descriptive in my process. So it doesn't really change sport to sport for me. I'm a really conservative player because I'm in it to grind percentage profit over the long haul. You know, I, I, I don't overextend myself as far as risk. I'm very much into risk management. And I kind of let the percentages play out. So if you can see where I'm getting at before I get there, I'm really a cash. I'm really a cash guy. I want the opportunities. I want quality guys facing porous defenses with a chance at a lot of touches to hope to finish in that top 50th percentile and you know I, i've done really well in cash games uh i don't necessarily have the formula to win big gpp 20s i do understand how it's done i haven't been able to put it together personally but if i get the millie maker going scott you'll be the first to know
0: okay uh let's move on to seasonal fantasy football and uh wayne Goldman. Uh, the fact that he's the most uh, added guy this week, or the biggest target, really speaks to the uh, you know the state of the running back position in a bad way. It also teaches you a lesson that. You know, you always want to have the handcuff to your top running back if you can, rather than having to scramble to the waiver wire if you have Saquon Barkley and you didn't have Goldman. So if you have Barkley, you're probably going to have to bid about 60% of your budget if you're in a fab uh, sort of situation. If you're not, you don't have the number one pick, uh, you probably don't have a shot at getting him. Uh, And if you you don't have Barkley, you know, and you need running back help, you're going to have to spend at least 40% of your fab budget to get him. The only other way in a regular waiver run is to really trade up and get them.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm very regimented in my roster construction. And, I, you know, people go back and forth on the handcuff argument. For myself, it's very clear cut. If the backup to my top running back is somebody that would be a first waiver pick, then that's somebody that needed to be handcuffed already. Right. Uh, if you didn't have that strategy and you're hoping to grab them, you know, that's where Fab is really – it's f- more fundamentally just than waiver pickups, which kind of have a little bit more luck to it and the rotation. Um, I'd like to speak to both quickly. If you have the waiver and you – you, I, if I have the number one waiver and I don't need Gorman, I am not adding him because I save that spot for a league winner. Now, if KC opens up where there's only a path for one player – you know, where let's say Darrell Williams is going to be a clear-cut one, all those injury reports come up bad, Damian Williams' knee, he doesn't recover, and um, McCoy, he's down with the ankle uh, for any kind of period of time, even if it's only a single game. That's the kind of guy that I would go after with my number one waiver pick and the big fab. Garmin, I'm only spending that 60%, Scotty, if, if I'm really desperate, and he he has to play for me because I don't want to be in that position.
0: Darrell Williams... Uh... 13 percent ownership right now uh kind of a part-time back uh really if you're desperate you know maybe you could spend about 20 25 percent of your budget and uh cj pro size probably not somebody i would spend more than five six dollars on even in a thousand dollar you know at a hundred in a hundred dollar cap i would probably wouldn't spend more than five dollars on them. You know, I'd probably top out at four and a thousand, you know, maybe, uh, you know, I'd spent, I'd spent, uh, I don't know, I'm I'm not going to spend 40% of my budget. When I I agree a thousand dollars, you know, maybe, you know, I'll spend under a hundred to get him because you don't know if Penny's coming back. And the second thing pro size just has awful injury history. So, uh, you know, those are the top three running backs this week.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, Season-long fantasy can be a cruel mistress like that. You know, your needs may not necessarily sync up as far as time with the market supply. You know, the market supply is very finite. And some weeks there's an abundance because there were a bunch of injuries. And some weeks there, there isn't. This is the wrong week to be in desperate need. So if you are in desperate need... I think for you it's Goleman a bust, and I never would really recommend getting to that 50 or 60% threshold. But, you know, wins are so critical, especially if you have Barkley, and you don't know when he comes back if he's going to stay on the field, that I would go after Gorman. Right now I think is a shot to take, you know, like you said, that small stab at a Chiefs running back and potentially getting a league winner for cheap. But other than that, as far as running backs go, I- I'm dropping back and I'm going to let the landscape unfold.
0: All right, and uh, wide receiver, I uh, like this kid, Deontay Johnson, with twenty five percent ownership. They need somebody to uh, to step forward as a, as a downfield playmaker.
1: Across Scott, can I ask you two- a question about that? Yeah, yeah. All right, great. So obviously, we all we came we all recovered from the Ben injury with our own prognostications and predictions of what would happen. So the gimme across the fantasy landscape was that. It was going to be Washington, right? That he had played with Rudolph uh, in college. And, you know, he had been with the team last year. And I myself, too, I thought maybe he was going to get higher usage. Now, we're a game through. That doesn't seem to be the case. And Johnson seems to be the, the target. Do you think that will sustain going forward, Scott? Uh I, I, you know, I, I never, I never, I never, uh, you know,
0: bought into this whole thing about Rudolph of Washington because that was college. You know, this is the NFL. Deontay Johnson was drafted as, you know, maybe the next Antonio Brown. They were talking about his route running and his. Well, down, they've been very good at drafting game. wide receivers, haven't they? Yeah, they have. They over the years, you know. We've seen number one wide receivers come and go. Uh, yeah. Deontay, Deontay Johnson is somebody I want, willing to spend about 15%, 16% of my budget on because I think he's going to merge as the real compliment for Juju.
1: Okay, so what I'm hearing from you then is that's not only a vote of confidence in Johnson, it's simultaneously a vote of confidence in the quarterback, in the new quarterback who, frankly, did really, he didn't look so good. And if it wasn't for that uh, Juju... You know, gallop down the sideline. Those stats were extremely underwhelming. So, I guess you're expecting brighter things. And could could I ask why?
0: I just I like what I see out of the kid. And he's like, you know, with all the scouting reports, and yeah, uh, he's the perfect match for exactly. uh they need a, a downfield playmaker. That's the Pittsburgh offense, yeah. And agreed. he fits the bill. He already scored a 39-yard touchdown pass. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, so uh, then also you have uh, Paul Richardson who scored two straight games, uh, probably the best blend of experience and playmaking ability on the Redskins.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm I'm paying the price. It looks like the uh, the Redskins were was this year's sneaky offense that I kind of you know snubbed my nose up at, and I really missed out on everything. Now I'm not you know clamoring for Keenan, but. Listen, if you're down, then your team is throwing. Uh, He's shown to be able to be efficient, and they've had a couple uh, new weapons step up, Neely and Quinn, McLaurin, and also, like you said, Richardson, who's been around for a little bit. Now maybe got his first shot in the limelight being the main focus. Uh, Man, I may have to take an L on this Redskins offense and agree with you that there's something there.
0: Yeah, I I wouldn't bid more than – more than than ten percent of my budget though. And I'm not taking a shot at Gig Taylor Gaber at all. That's totally reactionary. No. Uh, we've seen him disappear before. At quarterback uh yeah for at quarterback you have Daniel Jones and Kyle Allen. And uh with Jones it really depends on your quarterback situation. If you have a Phillip Rivers, uh you don't need him as much necessarily I think Rivers is underrated. I always talk about it. Uh, if you have a top ten score,
1: start yeah, quarterback, yeah, you don't have to blow team a team lot team of team your team budget. Team. What's that? I said, I find that interesting because um, I would think in today's game, especially chasing floor, that the rushing potential you can get from Jones might put him over the top for somebody like Rivers, who's well, right now he's been he has been great. You know, he has been great, but I guess again, you know, he. I'm talking about narratives and how to avoid falling into those traps. I am not, you know, impervious to that same mistake. And where Rivers kind of comes across as, for fantasy purposes, being very vanilla and right outside that startable bubble, you know, I may be getting ready to take another loss there as well.
0: Yeah, I'm, I don't think he's outside the startable bubble. He's ten, top 10 to me. The last 6 years he's thrown for at least 4200 yards and 28 touchdowns every year for those 6 less than third less than 13, 13 interceptions or less. The guy is way underrated. You know, my point being is don't spend heavy on Daniel Jones unless you have lost to Drew Brees. If he if he uh, if he did, you know, I'd say go ahead and spend uh, 35, 40 percent of your budget. Otherwise, keep it at 20 or below.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I I think uh, you said something important, and it's important not to overreact. It's really early in the season. You know, you don't want to give up on guys with proven track records or chase a single event that may not reoccur.
0: Yes, and the other guy is Kyle Allen at four touchdown passes. Did a great job of uh, handling the offense, doing what he's told, etc. Has another good matchup this week. Uh, Cam Newton is out for we don't know how long at this point. Could be up to eight weeks. Uh, it, it is a single event, like you said, but you know I'm willing
1: to spend up to 15% of my budget to find out. He looked really good. He was willing to throw in the end zone, I'll tell you that.
0: Yeah, so uh, – that pretty much
1: covers,
0: yeah. That pretty much covers the waiver report. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with more. We'll talk about wide receivers. Uh, I want to thank John Legazer for being here on his debut. Great information from you as always. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot for listening to the Win Daily podcast, and we'll see you tomorrow.